0: Um, and then once you have that down, it's kind of like, oh, magic happens. Now we can peel back all those layers. Congratulations, you now know the basics. Now there are a monumental amount of things that you can do with this one basic movement. We can be creative and do it this way, we can do it this way. And there never seems to be an end to the creativity I have found, which is also, another reason that I
1: still go here. <laughs> All right, cheesy yeah. intro line. Three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Fitness Lying Down Podcast, where I am your host and owner extraordinaire, Corey Cry. All right, so, you know, we got some milestones coming up. We are near our 100th episode, which is pretty fantastic. I have been committed to an episode a week, minus one week that I was in Florida, blah, blah, blah. I didn't make it happen, and the world did not end. So we're good. But now, as we're approaching this, you know, I thought, like, hey, it would be good to invite on another one of our FLD superstars. We've had, um, I think Shannon's actually the only. So I wanna be careful about this because as I was thinking about introducing this, you know, we've had Caroline Jooster, we've had uh, Lena, Midla, and these are clients of Fitness Line Down. They're just not in-person people. And they're also fitness professionals. So let's not forget that. But talking to our non-fitness professionals, those that work outside the gym, (laughs) um, I thought it'd be great to bring somebody on. And for anybody that does follow us on social media, uh, especially on the gram, you might see us sharing a lot of what she's sharing because she's tagging us and we love it when people tag us. So just in case you're wondering, should I tag Fitness Line Down? Yes. The answer is always yes. yes. So I want to bring on today Alethea Kenworthy. And I just want to first ask one question. When did you sign up?
0: Oh, that's a good question. And I am not exactly sure. But what so
1: was the year? I... Like you don't have to remember the day, but so
0: it was. Well, I know it was January, and I'm pretty sure it was. I'm going on year nine. Wow, possibly I... year ten. No,
1: nah, I'm not going to say year ten because, and I'm only going to say that because in November we're celebrating nine years.
0: Okay, then it was nine.
1: It'll be it'll be nine coming up in January, right? So
0: yes, that yes. is just mm-hmm.
1: that's fantastically amazing. You know, when you think about the longevity of you, but then you're not alone. There's been a lot of our clients mm-hmm. and I don't, you know, I don't want to like jump all around you. I think this is how it's going to happen though. But what, what do you think is the lasting factor of Fitness Line Down? Like, Why is it that you have been a part of us, part of this community for near a decade?
0: Well, I think the cool thing about fitness lying down is, and just the overall DBRT system is that you can progress as you age. And that longevity aspect feels like as you age, you're getting better. Um, and your body's improving as opposed to kind of like the opposite where people as you age, you're going to kind of fall apart. It it feels like an anti-aging <laughs> remedy almost um and then the other huge aspect is also the community is amazing and we are such a great um we have a plethora of ages which I absolutely love and we're all very encouraging there's never um like competition it always feels very inviting and that people really want you to like do it like congratulations like way to go and you're killing it and I want to be you. Like that's yeah. kind of more of the the feeling that I feel when I step in and see someone I'm in class with who's in their like 60s and 70s, I just want to be them. I'm that is my goal is to be them in my 60s. Yeah,
1: no, and there is that that atmosphere of like lifting people up. I mean, you feel that so much. I feel that and I get more energized because you just see the clients cheering each other on during the sessions, um, through through different media posts. I mean, you're just seeing this all over where we're not just sharing your stuff, your friends are sharing your stuff. I mean, we're celebrating movement. And I, I like what you said about it's kind of the anti-aging thing because as a as a strength conditioning professional, which I am certified as, I've always chalked <laughs> up that strength strength training has always been the fountain of youth. I, I do, I I truly believe that but how the methodology has changed for me is really changed that because I could only imagine if I was still training the way I was back in the day, you know, just the steady, the steady diet of iron, you know, barbells, dumbbells and all this, there was a point where like you start feeling broken down now, you know, because Mm -hmm. the only progression, as you talked about, you can actually progress more as you age. Well, when you're dealing with iron, one of the only progressions for the most part is adding more weight to that. And when does mm-hmm. that add addition of weight start becoming counterproductive to your your overall movement health? You know, the ligaments, the tendons, the joints. Uh, there's so many times i've i I used to go to these barbell gyms and work out and train. And there's these behemoth people there, but they're all wearing like elbow wraps and knee wraps because they've got tendonitis. and the the it's kind of the funny thing is that, those exercises that are causing the tendonitis are the ones that they keep going back to. And so it just seems like a dog chasing its tail. And mm-hmm. I, I believe, and I only believe this because I would think for myself, that a lot of my barbell training, especially as I was getting into my 20s and 30s, was I was always trying to get back to the decade before. Like, oh, I used to train so hard and I used to be so, more, so much more motivated in the gym. Where now was like, wow, I'm starting to get kind of bored and I'm, things are becoming redundant. And, you know, you mentioned that. I like that, that you can keep getting challenged as you grow older, you know, that we mm-hmm. have the the capability of progressing exercises, which we'll go over, which most of our, our audience knows about. But it's funny you bring that up because Megan and I were talking about some certain clients in the gym that have, I don't know if they become discouraged. Um, I don't think that's the word, but they get to the point where they like, I thought this would start getting easier. You know, like I've been I've been doing this so long. Why hasn't it become easier yet? And I think that's a great statement. I think that's something we need to hold tight here at Fitness Line Down, because that means that we still have opportunities. We can still mm-hmm. change those ways, change those progressions in such small ways. But those small ways are very, very effective when it comes to how your body responds to the different demands, how can you adapt? And I think that's what strength training is overall, is your body's adaptation to the stimulus. And all if I'm doing is mm-hmm. adding load to this, you're gonna, you're just gonna plateau and injury stuff. So I wanna hear from you, like some of these progressions that we're talking about. I mean, now we're talking to a real life fitness line down Sam Baker here. And I wanna hear like some of these progressions, what do they mean to you? Like, how is it when you come into a training session and for anybody that might not know, Alethea predominantly does the group training. So even in group training, I think this is even better because in the semi-private, we kind of expect these sprinkles because we had them scheduled in. But I want you to kind of talk about how you experience those sprinkles inside the group training walls.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'm in music. That's my, that's my main industry. And I love the correlation between music and fitness and the fact that so when you take a piece of music or when I teach music to my students um, you start by learning notes and rhythms pretty basic things and I feel like it's the same way in group training and any sort of um, even doing um, the one-on-one training with Corey you kind of start learning the basics and how to do them correctly it's very much like you know, keeping your body aligned correctly. Where's your focus, you know, feet, a lot of feet, a lot of hands, a lot of discussion of, of like, just keeping yourself grounded. Um, And then once you have that down, it's kind of like, oh, magic happens. Now we can peel back all those layers. Congratulations. You now know the basics. Now there are a, just monumental amount of things that you can do with this one basic movement we can be creative and do it this way we can do it this way and there never seems to be an end to the creativity i have found which is also another reason that i still go here um to to fitness line down just because it's never the same it's always a new experience um within that month of programming And there's always more to learn, which is what I love. I can think back to like, this is a basic, a basic squat, whatever that means, you know, like, this is how this should look. Okay, let's add a sandbag. Let's overhead press the squat. Um, Let's, let's do several things within your squats. And um, that those are the layers that I keep thinking of correlating with music and fitness, there are so many things that it's never ending. the The amount of um, challenges or sprinkles that we can add um, in group training, there's always like a level. There are several one, two, three. Generally, only three levels of exciting things that you can do, um, and those are all equally challenging in their own way but I can also go back a level. I'm going to do a level two today and make this a little more difficult with a higher weight, or I can go up to level three and use a lesser weight. So there are just a lot of variations that you can do within each level, within all of that creativity that we always say, Corey drank too much coffee this week. He's being too creative.
1: Never. It's <laughs> an oxymoron. There is no such thing as Corey drinks <laughs> too much coffee. <laughs> And I I love what you said, though, because the variables makes the difference. Because, you know, for anybody that might not know with our group training programming and our schedule throughout the week, throughout the month, is that we do have certain sessions that kind of correlate back-to-back days. So if you come in on a Monday at noon, and then you come in a Tuesday morning at 9 a.m., those are going to be the same sessions. So sometimes you and other people... We'll come in back-to-back sessions because that's how your schedule aligns. Like, oh, I got to make it in these two days together because. And as you mentioned, we can choose one of those three options. So maybe you go back to your foundational, you know, notes and rhythms, as you mentioned mm-hmm. before. And now you're just, you, because you might be more stable in your body position, more stable in your holding position, you can afford to go up a little bit more in the weight. But then, as we kind of add those layers, those sprinkles into your your movement symphony, well, now you have to be a little more cautious of the load that you choose. and it was it was kind of amazing, too, you could speak of is we might have two different ultimate sandbags, two different styles, and they both basically have the same weight. But because the dimensions are different, how that actually plays, And the other thing I want to talk about, because you mentioned the three levels. So yeah, traditionally in our group training, we have a level one, a level two, and a level three. I want everybody to know that even inside those three levels, I still hold a couple of levels in my back pocket just for when things have to happen. And those are kind of need to know basis things. So when I see (laughs) you or somebody else that might need a little bit more than even a level three, I'm not going to declare to the the whole class, (laughs) to the participants, because you know, the one thing we struggle, not struggle, but the other thing that we have to be careful about as trainers, as coaches on the floor, is we have to know our audience. We have to know who's there. And sometimes I got to be careful about showing like a level three, because I know there are people with great hearts that want to do that, but aren't ready for it yet. So I might actually, depending on the day, I might only show a level one and two, mm-hmm. but I may come over to you because you've been with us for almost nine years and you're very efficient you're very proficient in your movements and i'm like all right alethe i want you to do this instead of that exercise and then there's Mm -hmm. sometimes where people come in and i have nothing but i have people like i'm only going to give them levels two and three because level Mm -hmm. one is there's no reason to give them a level one so i mean playing it with that way but talking about those different levels i want you to kind of maybe discuss too how going from like sandbags to kettlebells you know, how we make some of those transitions, how that impacts your movement experience.
0: Um, are you talking about just the difference between how that feels basically?
1: Yeah. So like, you know, if we, if we do, you know, if we're doing like a sprinter stance deadlift with mm. an, ulti- with a, with a relatively ultimate, a right. uh, heavy ultimate sandbag, but then I'm like, you know what, same pr- sprinter stance, but now I'm going <sighs> to give you two kettlebells. Like, yeah, that's a different adaptation. Those those bells together might still weigh the same as the ultimate sandbag you're using, but how we could play with that as well. I just want to get your point of view because mm-hmm. as a, as a DVRT <laughs> professional, I could talk about this and, you know, but I want to hear your point of view.
0: Right. Well, I guess I would be, I'm going to kind of talk about three aspects because you have kettlebells. You have an ultimate sandbag with water. You have an ultimate sandbag with sand, which is very different. I know they're the same thing, but they're the same bag, but they are not the same. So kettlebells to me, I'm going to just think about doing like an overhead press. Um, When you're doing an overhead press or even just kind of a squat, um, it's a lot about the grip. Um, And sometimes that is part of the struggle a little bit, you know, that one hand is going to be a weaker hand and such. And, and that can affect, that can affect things differently. Um, But the grip is very important other than, you know, feet being stable in whatever it is you're doing overhead or squats. When you're talking about a sandbag with sand, um, it's, it's a little more full body because you have to have that core strength. You have to have the feet stability. You have to be gripping the handles correctly. So it's a lot more mental work sometimes to actually get an overhead press from the floor, power, clean overhead back down. It it's not just it, to make that flow. There's a lot, there's a lot that has to happen without you hitting yourself in the face, like which I have done in the past or just, um getting it over your head correct you know in the right straight over your head um like an umbrella and then you have water and water is always i love water bags for the most part but they also have that um they have water in them so you lose balance more easily like even today i was doing a max lunge with the water bag And to get my feet and body in the right position of what I wanted to do, I actually switched to a sandbag because there was more stability in that bag. And I could do the movement, I thought, a little bit more correctly because the water is going to also have its own momentum. So you have to stop the momentum of the water. So there are three different, all three different focuses. Um, The water just adds that imbalance to your life that makes it even more um, exciting and makes it more of a challenge depending on how strong or how feel how good you feel about that movement in the moment
1: mm-hmm. so you're telling me you're an anti-slosher
0: <laughs> sometimes sometimes
1: well and let's be honest you know you're talking about max lunges and you know for anybody out there in the listening audience they're like oh water bags, for over pressing I highly discourage that um, mm-hmm. I I do have I done it. Yes, it's just very it's very unstable. It's not worth it, the juice is not worth the squeeze on this one. But when we use the ultimate sandbag filled with water, as you mentioned with the max lunges, because that exercise you were doing this morning, both bags were actually the same in weight, very similar. The same, mm-hmm. however, and I'm so glad you put that because one was a stable implement, implement while the other served as an unstable implement. And so you go from a max (laughs) lunge to a single leg balance, kind of a max balance, if you will, crossing the midline of your body, which is already just taking that intensity and turning up the heat on that. But now Mm -hmm. you have that slosh. So you have to really learn. And the one thing, you know, maybe getting your perspective on this as well, because I said this today, and I've been saying this recently, because and I actually I've been saying this for a long time, if anybody's been (laughs) listening, is there is a certain rhythm. There's a certain coordination and timing that has to happen with a lot of these exercises. It's not like Mm -hmm. traditional gym things where you just grip and rip. You know, Mm -hmm. you need to make sure that when you, even if you're just doing something, I don't want to say it's basic as because a max lunge is quite, (laughs) it's quite not basic. It's quite complex. Um, However, somebody like yourself makes it look relatively easy, but we're still adding the coaching cues to that. We're making it better for you. But knowing like that when you go down to that lunge and you're taking the bag over to the side of your leg, that, that deceleration, you know, absorbing the forces so that you're you're staying stable through the foot, through the hands, actually through both feet, through the hands, and then knowing that right time of coming up. Right. So those mm-hmm. exercises that we have that you know personally that it's so much better when you are patient, when you wait for that right timing, because then it's so much more efficient. Whereas if you're trying to rush through something, if you're trying to muscle through something, tends to be, especially in this gym, people fall over. Now, maybe not all, <laughs> yes. Maybe not all the way fall over, but there's a little more wobble Close. that's unnecessary. So I want to, again, it's kind of like, I want you to share your experiences of like these moments where, wow, yeah, that was, I need to slow this baby down a little bit. I need to, I need to be the three-year-old learning to tie my shoes again.
0: Mhm. Well, I mean I'll just use an example from last week to this week. I um we have a specific move that we're doing right now that has what I would consider four movements within four movements within the flow of the movement. You have a row to a clean to a squat to an overhead back down. And you do that for, you know, like a a, a long amount or a pretty decent amount of time for I think it's 60 seconds. And um You know, in my head, I'm thinking before, before I get this, before I start this, like, it would be great to get like eight, eight would be a great number to shoot for. Um, And I'm doing a 50 pound bag. So I'm thinking through, I have to physically sometimes say out loud the the steps. So I'm going to row, clean, squat, overhead. And I keep saying it every single time. So I remember what I'm going to do. And then to actually do that there's so much focus required to to do all four of those things. It might sound like it flows easily and it does, but do things too quickly, you will, <laughs> there will be something that doesn't flow correctly. Last week, I, I started a movement too quickly and I did like bump my chin and I had like a little bruise because I was trying to push it too hard. And I also didn't catch the bag correctly, because I over prepared for my clean. Um, so there you have to like, really be focusing and honing in on your mental state of what you're doing, how you're going to make that happen. It's, it's not difficult, but you just have to be focused. And I I love that, because it also blocks everything else that you're thinking about in your brain, like, mom brain like my kids and all these other things like you can't even think about that you have to do what you're doing um which is the amazing thing about how your brain is working with your body and it's all correlating together
1: yeah i know you bring up some great points there because a for anybody out there that has you know and you just think about how many power cleans have you done in your uh your pro- professional experience here at Fitness Line Down, you know, you've done an infinite amount of power gleam.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: but yeah, we still have those moments where, oops, I hit my chin a little bit. Oops, I, I mm-hmm. missed the, the clean on the fist, you know. So it's always you have to remain focused. And for those times where, if for anybody out there that's like, yeah, I've, I've hit my chin a couple of times and it hurts, because I know, I know personally how much it smarts yeah. when you hit your face with the, the plastic handle, of the bag. And I see a lot of people that will actually turn the bag around mm-hmm. uh, as a way to help that. And I get it, but I don't like it. However, I still let it play here. So for anybody out there that has hit their face with the ultimate sandbag is their power cleaning, it's because A, now this isn't in your case, Alethea. A, you you might be using too heavy of a weight. Um, B, you might be rushing this a little bit and you're using too, you're you're trying to get too much muscle into it. And then what happens is you don't get that proper extension at the top. So when you get this power clean going, you get a little bit of extension through your spine, through your, through your shoulders and the spine. And this allows that clearance of your face with the bag.
2: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: what's happening for a lot of people is they're, they're bringing their face towards the bag as the clean happens at the same time. So the handle's mm-hmm. whipping around the, 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 from the front <laughs> to the back, and you're basically just coming in waiting to get hit. So Uh I know it's not the best thing to say, but when people do that, you know, I I empathize with them. And I said, however, (laughs) this is a good lesson that you didn't do it right. Um, And this is where if if somebody is struggling Mm -hmm. out there, I think this is a great place to talk about this. I, you know, I just can't stop coaching is you might want to practice your high pulls a little bit more. So if you're really struggling at those power cleans, learning the high pulls, learning to feel safe with a bag coming up towards you as you go into the extension might be a great exercise. Um, mm-hmm. But it just shows you that in myself too. I mean, there's plenty of times, embarrassingly enough, when I'm demonstrating exercises and I go to a power clean, it's like, oh, didn't catch that. <laughs> Why? Because I was rushing. I didn't, I didn't properly pull mm-hmm. the handles apart. You know, if you continue pulling the handles apart as you're making that power clean happen, that's going to, that's going to force you to go into that extension. So mm-hmm. if you're not pulling the handles apart, you're kind of letting that body round and that face is going towards the bag. But if I'm pulling the handles apart, I'm keeping everything away. So a little DVRT, a power clean trick or a tip for you, that one's for free.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number
1: two, I, I love what you said is, you know, mom brain. I mean, everybody's got so many things happening in their lives and we're always like, hey, come to the gym and, you know, leave it at the door. Well, it's almost virtually impossible.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Almost, I say. Now, all of a sudden, if we give you these opportunities and experiences where you have to really hone in, because if you're not doing this right, you could fall over. You know, I mean, definitely you could you could could land a kettlebell on your face as you're trying to do a Turkish get up because you're thinking about other things. But you got this kettlebell that you need to you're responsible for holding upright so that you can successfully move through. So I like that because, I mean, I think we can admit that even though our sessions from warm up to the end of cool down run roughly 45 minutes for the most part i would have to imagine that feels less than because you're so focused
0: mm-hmm. absolutely i think our sessions go so quickly um that it doesn't feel um it doesn't feel like you're done it just it feels like oh wait that's it i mean we don't need to that's why you're always asking that's add. why you're
1: always asking for more right you're like maybe
0: you should do another round <laughs> I do. I'm I am that person. But I do think that sometimes you feel like you're on such a momentum and you're on that kind of like that high. And the community, you know, like as a community, you're doing it and everyone's doing so awesome. You don't want it to end. So maybe that's a little bit of the like you're so it's it's so fun. It's fun. It class is such a fun time, and I'm lucky enough that several of my friends are in the class too, so it's just like you're together, and you don't want it to end because you know as soon as you leave, your life is crazy <laughs> after that.
1: But then you, so. you got, then you get to come back and do it again, right? So, and yeah. that's that's one of the reasons why we try to keep those sessions more compact and time and all that is because you you don't. It's not overextending to the point where it's like, oh my goodness, I still have ten more minutes of this or something like this, where. You know, I think it's good to end the party a little bit shorter and don't get me wrong. We get everything taken care of. So even though (laughs) I say everything lasts 45 minutes from start to finish, ultimately, when we get to the meat and potatoes of the session, that lasts 20 ish to 21 minutes. And Mm -hmm. we get I mean, we get the movement patterns down. We get the planes of motion down like it's a it's a nose to toes experience. And people don't get worn out. No, you know they're not. They're not leaving here, crawling out of here now. Maybe except for last Wednesday session, but that was a that was an <laughs> asterisk. Um, but it's like we can pack a lot of things in twenty minutes. And when you tell people that are newly signing up, it's like, mm-hmm. hey, sessions forty five minutes. So they're like, whoa, because everybody has this like preconceived notion that fitness is sixty minutes a day. You know, mm-hmm. like everything's got to be sixty minutes. And even though it's only fifteen minutes less, people are still like, wow, okay, I could do that. That sounds great. You know, this is right. I can easily fit that into my schedule as opposed to, you know what? Our sessions are going to be anywhere from 60 to 90 minutes. Then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you're going to get, and then if you're leading people for that long, and, well, even trained professional athletes, when they, when they do their workouts and stuff like this, they don't train that long because the, mm-hmm. I feel like the more time you spend in the gym, the more chances of injury. Now I'm saying within yep. a session. You know, if we're if we're just spreading this out because we want people to be tired and fatigued, there's going to be some injury that's going to happen here. So I think that that's a wonderful thing, because for the most part, you know, besides a few of those like rare instances, I don't have to deal with people and injuries on the training floor.
0: Mm -hmm. Which is also like the timing of our group classes are so incredible because people can take their hour lunch drive to the gym do the workout, and drive back in that lunchtime, which is absolutely perfect if you are, I mean, and the location is really, really great for our area, for where so many people live, so so that's fantastic, and then also just, we don't overextend, like you said, it's a nose-to-toes experience, and we get it all in, but it's not so extreme that you can't come back the, the next day if that is how your schedule allows for the week. So there are, are plenty of days or weeks where I will end up coming in three days back to back, sometimes repeating a session um, and then sometimes not. But it, it just kind of depends on the week. And there have been weeks where I've had to do four days straight in a row um, and it's doable. And I and I'm not injured. And I may and it it works. And um, the truth of it is the days that I feel like last Wednesday, when I am feeling wow, this this I'm feeling feelings from this workout, I almost need to come in the next day, just to get my body flowing again, so that it kind of all unwinds or kind of it all like works so well that I feel like it's restorative.
1: So there I mean there are a lot of things to that. Um but the benefit as well is the fact that how you know you're smart enough into this, you know, you've been in the fitness line down for this long, you don't need me to necessarily make some of these changes for you. Where, you know, if we did a lot of lunges one day, let's say you know we're talking about the tornadoes, the max lunge to around the world, which I know you do appreciate. You will. And I've seen you do this. And I don't say a thing because I know why we're doing this, but it's like, wow, my, my legs are pretty sore. Like lunging is just not what I want to do today. So I'm going to do lateral around the worlds, I'm going to do some hinges to the around the worlds because I like those as well. So I'm still getting the rounder world effect. And even though, because I'll say, hey, we are still doing hinges over there. There might be a little redundancy to this. It still serves your purpose. And so to that degree, yes, a little restorative, and it kind of reminds me I don't know if this is the proper platform to talk about this but I will joke with people as people come in so sore and again we're not chasing that soreness but sometimes you know you hit the right muscles mm-hmm. and you got like you got that that combination of exercises that just really like oh my goodness I didn't know that those existed and you come in it's like oh I'm going to do that same workout today the joke mm-hmm. I always have around here is not that this has ever happened to me but my friends talk about if you ever wake up hungover <laughs> That sometimes you just need to start drinking again the next day to cure the mm. hangover. So you kind of mm. have a movement hangover. So the best thing you can do is actually kind of knock that Go off. Go back and do it again. By doing it again. I mean it's science. Yep. Like it's it's kind of a cool <laughs> thing. Um, but no, that's and that's how we can make those reasonable changes. Like if we're doing extreme things every day, and you're coming in yeah, there is a chance that your body's going to start breaking down if we're just doing, if you're doing mm-hmm. an hour and an hour. And so for people out there to understand this, that I think, I think we've done a disservice in the fitness industry telling people that you always need a day between strength training sessions. I, I think if you're playing this the right way, no, you can do, I mean, I basically do four to five days in a row of strength training stuff. It's the intensity levels that I bring to each one that make a difference. So, truth be told, today Tuesdays tend to be for the FLD coaches session. Tuesdays tend to be the most intense session. If I did that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm gonna get burnt out. I'm not gonna want to do it anymore. And yeah, I could possibly get injured. So mm-hmm. why why take the chance? And again, I'm I'm 44. <laughs> you know, it's not I'm not young and I'm not old, but if I if I keep beating up my body like that. I'm going to start feeling old. So if mm-hmm. I can really have cycles within the week where, you know, okay, today's going to be more restorative. Now it's going to be pretty intense. It's going to be a little bit less intense, a little bit more restorative, but not totally restored. You know what I mean? It's like, so I have different cycles of intensities throughout the week that this is what we've been doing since like 2018. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's five years of doing it the way this, and I, I don't get bored and I feel great kind of like mm-hmm. what you're talking about. Now, I want to get back to you know, we kind of feel like this is like a Star Wars episode where we we put the middle <laughs> episode here. So now we have to go to the prequel here. Cuz we want to talk about we want to talk about Aletheia, uh A F L D ABFLD Aletheia before fit is down. Oh, um,
0: before okay, got it.
1: <laughs> well, so to my understanding, I do remember that you you came in under like a 6 week and it's amazing I remember this stuff. But you have Mm -hmm. like, you won something or somebody gifted you, they won something and they didn't want to come to the gym. So they gave it to you. Am I correct?
0: Yes. Yeah. There was (laughs) um, some sort of a. Winning thing at like our symphony of we had a symphony event for a six week trial membership for this you know fitness line down never heard of this place it's and weird. my husband was like here you go Merry <laughs> Christmas it was Craig. <laughs> Merry Christmas it's January <laughs> I was like okay I was kind of looking for something at the time so yeah I tried there it, it out that's how so it that's started th-
1: that'll be a lesson. For any of my uh, fitness business owners out there, that if you get anybody, like any envelope that comes through the mail or anybody that contacts us is like, hey, can you donate something? Mm
2: -hmm. It's like,
1: well, heck yeah, I can donate something. Like I'll donate sessions. I'll give people six weeks of trying this out to help your cause. But then look at that. Look at that return on investment. I gave you six weeks. I get nine years. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nine plus years like pretty good return. This, this seems pretty to work up pretty well for me um and you're not the only one and i just think mm-hmm. about just this recent one where your employer ended up buying mm-hmm. like a bunch of our Six. you know he, he he bidded on it and mm-hmm. like kind of last minute you know aletheia can we do something with these and you just started handing yep. them out to all your friends for bring a friend <laughs> week they cashed in on it and mm-hmm. i believe we've got like up to about 50 percent of them that are hanging out longer. So Mm -hmm. that's 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 great. And so for anybody Mm -hmm. out there that owns a fitness business and thinks, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to give away sessions. There's a certain point where you kind of got to give away a little bit because you just never know what's going to happen. And, you know, not only did we kind of win a lottery ticket by getting you as a client, but you got a lot of friends I found out and you (laughs) encourage your friends, you know, because You're posting, and I know I'm getting away from my original comment here, but (laughs) you're posting, your friends see your stories, your friends see your posts, they're inspired. They see a mom with two wonderful boys. The boys are coming to the gym at times. Um, You -hmm. know, you're, you're moming it out there. You're strength training, you, you're loving your life. And they're like, I want some of that. I want to go to a gym where I, I actually want to go to the gym not that I feel like I have to go to the gym but I actually want to go to the gym. You know, I think that's amazing. So, let's get back to that before fitness line down. And <laughs> and Craig gives you the uh, the best birth, the best Christmas <laughs> gift after Christmas.
2: Best now, best best gift.
1: <laughs> it was. You know, the funny mm-hmm. thing too is I remember I was at a party at your house I was talking to Craig a little bit and he
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> he said how how the FLD schedule actually dictates the house schedule. <laughs> like <laughs> Like he's like, Alethia. He's like we make sure she gets to the gym when she wants to get to the gym because when she's happy, we're all happy. So I, I just thought that was great because I'm just like sitting here as the business owner to this gym, just smiling like, you're a good man. You're a good man. Um, now, with that being said, though, if it does, if memory serves me right, you really had no strength training experience before mm-hmm. fitness line down.
0: So no. you were just running on
1: treadmills kind of thing. I mean, that was your jam.
0: Yeah, so I mean, I had quote unquote done, you know, I, I worked out with friends in college, I was like a volleyball player. And I did sports in high school. But um, as uh, I'm, I'm a professional piano player, once I hit college, I'm required to be practicing eight hours a day, there was absolutely no way I was going to be able to be in college volleyball or any anything like I didn't have time to um give to anyone else, so um in extracurriculars. So I worked out kind of with friends in college who had some sort of you know program that they were doing. Um, and then when I moved uh, to this area, I kind of just tried different things. I walked my dog a lot. I um I got into running a little bit. Um, so I never. I never picked up a weight, probably more than like 10 pounds before I came to FLD, like probably, I mean, 10 pounds is even like, I don't don't even know if I did 10 pounds because we were doing like just little tiny weights and not really, you know, doing like some sort of a walk while you hold weights type of thing. (laughs) I never, ever did. (laughs) I never actually did any sort of weight training or heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. Which I think people would,
1: people would laugh if they they see your videos now and then they hear this They're like wow that's kind of a that's a 180. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be honest I don't remember too much of your like I remember you being here I remember you being here a lot and kind of sharing time with like you know because you'd go running on the treadmill you know because you're kind of a at the time I don't know if this has changed with the children but it used to be more of a night owl right like everything you like to yeah. work at night and so mm-hmm. we. Because I know you sometimes you bust my chops, the fact that we need to have sessions like at 9 p.m. And,
0: 9 p.m. And it's just like,
1: I don't know if you know about my life history right now. I'm in bed by nine and there's not a lot of people in our demographics that are going to come to our gym at 9 p.m. Now, maybe I could be wrong, but I'm just going to keep, you know, I don't want to say like, this is how we've always done it, but you know, no. So, but maybe with the kids have changed, your your sleeping patterns have changed a little bit, possibly. Um, and I totally lost my train of thought here. Oh, so, you know, back to the beginning though, like you were coming to group, you know, again, Mm -hmm. you're sharing some time because you're going to anytime fitness. That's why we're talking about because it's 24 hours. So you're going there when you couldn't come here because of like your schedule, because you're a very busy person. I mean, you know, not only is it your job of what you do, but you're still doing like show choir things. I mean, you're going to these Mm -hmm. events, you're playing the piano. I mean, you're very involved Mm
0: -hmm. i'm very involved in the music scene
1: yeah and so to schedule to schedule Mm -hmm. this kind of stuff yeah you have to be pretty it's like okay i got a week of rehearsals for dance choir, you know for show choir i gotta go work out at 10 p.m or something after all this (laughs) you know good for you for that dedication though because a lot of people be like nope going to bed um So again, thinking about like your initial, like what was your, do you remember some of the earliest thoughts about being here? You know, because in, in eight plus years, we have changed, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, what we did, what we did eight years ago, you know, maybe some things we're still doing, but we've definitely changed the way, you know, we've gotten better. I don't want to say we've changed, Mm -hmm. we've improved. So kind of walk me through some of those earliest memories of like slinging sand,
0: Well, I mean, from what I can remember, um, there's, so first off, there have been people who were there before me. So, so I started working out with a lady named Sherry, fantastic person. She had been doing this for years prior. So it ended up in my schedule that you know, you kind of end up working out with the same people or similar types of people or you see seeing them at least once a week and seeing those kinds of people. And then I would ask them questions and I would see what they're doing. And I knew they were older than me. And I'm just thinking like, I, they're better than me and I'm younger. I should be the one who, who is kicking butt. And then these, these people are like 20 years older and they're totally <laughs> showing me up. So it was a lot of, a lot of just that like stardom effect. fact that I'm like, these people are like magic. Like I've never seen older people who I'm like looking up to in the fitness world. I mean, I'm not saying that as a overall concept, right. but usually, you know, you're looking to the 20, the 30 year old or wherever people peak in in whatever like body fitness industry you're looking at the younger people not the older people who are aging and i just felt like this is this is like what i want i want i want to do this because look at look at how amazing this is for people and then i remember um this lady was in her 80s and she was coming to our classes and you know i never really knew how old people were but I mean she would say like yeah I'm 82 and I'm here and this is great and this is so good keep doing this (laughs) it was just so encouraging for me to see that kind of thing now for me to do all of the movements was just all brand new so Mm -hmm. that was that I think was also kind of cool because I didn't know what I was doing and it felt like Okay, I'm starting at square one, which is a good place to start because I you can teach me, like you can just tell me what to do because I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know how to power clean the back. I don't know how to do a squat correctly. I don't know where my feet should go. What are my arms supposed to be doing? <laughs> and yeah. um I just felt like I was really excited to see what the the capacity was for this kind of a program. And then also to learn how to, how to become these people, how to become them, how to make a better version of myself so that I could, um, just be better, be stronger. And then I, um, kind of similar going back to what you are saying, even about Greg and about just like, how do I sometimes go to rehearsals and then come do a workout I've developed a need, a need for the mental aspect of being at fitness, lying down and be, and kind of having that workout in both in my body, but just like, I crave the focus that we have in class and just kind of the mental, the mental and physical aspects of it. Um, if I am gone for more than three days, I, I don't like it. It, mm-hmm. it it hurts my soul <laughs> wow. to, to not be there. So it's really hard. It's really hard when I'm gone. I, wa- I want to be back. Well,
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think we got a, you know, I think there's a special person out in the world there that can deal with some of those other things of peeling back those onion Probably. layers there. But I, well, and, you know, but I think you have a yeah, healthy way of doing it. So it's not like you're addicted to the gym because I do know people. No that don't want to skip the gym because they're afraid that their health's going to like their physical health, that they're just going to go back to square one for you, as you mentioned, it's a a mental thing. It's an emotional thing. Mm -hmm. Like you, you like this because it really helps to set the tone during the day, during the week, you Mm -hmm. know, through the month, like staying consistent with physical activity. I mean, there is something about that physical activity. Mm -hmm. What I did want to touch upon though, as you were mentioning with not knowing, you know, and I think it's wonderful. And I must apologize to Greg. I was saying Craig earlier. I just like. Ah. Oh, it's okay. Um, yeah, I know. And I feel like every time I, I, hang, I like see you and your husband together. I'm like, Aletheia, is it Craig or Greg? You're like Greg. I'm like, okay, all right. Hey, Craig. <laughs> oh. Um, but you know what? Those people that st- spell Corey with an E, you're the same person. Um, same thing. Anyway, yeah, I, I'm not holding grudges, but, um, <laughs> but I think again for our coaches out there, this is so great that you're talking the way you are because anybody would have seen you come into the gym and be like all right this this female looks in shape she looks athletic so i'm just going to let her do what you know i'm not going to coach her too much because she knows what she's doing i think we fall into that trap in the fitness industry that and i don't know if it's an insecurity part as a coach or just an assumption but i never assume anything like i don't care if you look like you're in shape and you told me you've been working out your whole life I'm still coaching you because I'm going to find something that's going to make you better. I'm going to find Mm -hmm. some detail in your movement. And I mean, it happens time and time again where I'll correct somebody's squat. Now it did happen to you, but so many people that have been working out quote unquote with a trainer, even maybe with a group coach is told how to squat one way. And it's not the best way that they could squat. So when I clean up that squat a little bit, nine times out of 10, probably 10 times out of 10, but I don't want to overdo this. You know, I hear, I hear that feels so much better and they mm-hmm. get a better squat. It just looks more natural as opposed to the way that they've been told before. And I mean, I do love hearing that. Like, I'll tell people like, okay, this is how I watch you to squat. And they're like, but I was told to do it this way. Okay, well try my way too. You know, let's see how that goes. Mm-hmm. And You know, and 10 times out of 10, it's pretty much always mm-hmm. better. Um, but you come in and yeah, you were, you were malleable. You were, I like to use the word docile. You were open to change, you know, to being coached. I think that's an important mm-hmm. part, especially in a group training environment. You have mm-hmm. to be willing to be coached. Um, there's just no if ands, or buts about it because we're, we're under time. And so mm-hmm. I can't, I can't spend a lot of time like I can in a semi-private realm where I can spend a little more time talking to you about things. I mean, I've got to make sure And for all the coaches out there, you know, this in a group session, what you say has to be impactful and meaningful in a short amount of time. Like, I can't sit there and tell you a story about how to do this exercise properly. I'm like, hands, feet, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why, like, I should just have a recording. I don't think I need to even be at the sessions. I just put a little cardboard, (laughs) life-size cardboard cutout of me. And it's just hands and feet, hands and feet, hands and feet, hands and feet. I mean, that's all I need to do.
0: Sometimes hips.
1: Sometimes, hips, sometimes. Yeah. But the hips follow sometimes. the hands and the feet. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a secondary thing, <laughs> you know, but then I'm there for a little bit of the comic relief as I interject my dad jokes once in a while. Um, So as you're growing through, because I think this is amazing. You've stuck with us this long. You've gone through all our different like improvements, you know, we've gotten better.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: there was like, I don't know when it happened, but there was definitely a turn in your demeanor mm-hmm. when it came to strength training, when it came to like, being more on fire for the DVRT system. I mean, do you know mm-hmm. when and where that might've happened? Like you became more focused on like, hey, I really want to push myself. Like you've always had that. Yeah. You never come in. I'm like, you know what? Today's going to be kind of a uh, day. <laughs> you know, you come in, even maybe in a low mood, nobody really knows because Aletheia brings <laughs> you. you know, this is who I am. I'm yep. I'm training Aletheia right now. This is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. But like I said, there's been, there's a point somewhere in these eight plus mm-hmm. years That there was a quarter that was turned. Do you know when that might have happened?
0: Well, I know for sure when I had, when I started having children. So like I had my first son, he just turned five um, this past week. So about five years ago actually, you know, five and a half years ago when I was pregnant, there's, was, there's was a lot of questions. You know, I was pregnant for the first time. I didn't know, like, can I work out, Corey? I'm like asking my midwife, I'm asking Corey, like, do you, do you think I can still do this? And of course you, you don't want me to hurt myself pregnant and like, no one, you want me to keep working out. I want to keep working out. So, um, we just kind of did what, you know, we, if it's comfortable, if you feel good, like keep doing it. I kept checking with my midwife, all the things. Yes, yes, yes. Keep doing it. You've been doing it for five years. So keep doing what you're doing. Just don't, don't go up weights. Like don't get crazy. Um, so that definitely started it. And then when I, you know, I had my son and I was very much like, you know, you're kind of postpartum and you're trying to get back to whatever normal is, which of course is doesn't that's not reality. You never go back to what was. But, you know, you want you want to get that strength back. You want to like at least be where you were. Um so then it's kind of a game of I want to just get back there. And then, you know, so then I kind of felt really good. I was in a good spot. I could bring my I, I brought my son. He loved it. We had a lot of a lot of great time. We still have great times at FLD together. And then, um, you know, had my second son, did the same thing, probably even more extreme the second time. Yeah. I actually was in the gym about five days a week because it felt good. It, I felt good to move my body. I just really felt strong, strongly that it was, a, it was good. It was, I was feeling good. I was strong and, and I, I didn't want to lose it, but I also felt like this was the best. Thing for me to also have a child. Um, there's so much stress on your body, stress uh, stress on your brain. Um, I felt like it was like the one thing I could kind of control to prep having having a baby. Um, and then kind of after that, again postpartum, did that came back full full on came back again. And um, and then last year, last fall. You can correct me. We did the DVRT level one, two. Was that last fall? That
1: would have been, that would have been last April, uh, April, 2022.
0: Okay. So I decided to like, this is cool. I love this. I've been doing this for years. I might as well like, what do you think, Corey? Like, can I join your little circle? (laughs) And you're like, sure, (laughs) let's, let's do it.
1: You really want to join my circle? Come on.
0: (laughs) So I was like. I I just want to learn more about like why we do things. Cause you were kind of like, you know, I was like, I don't want to be a teacher. I don't need to teach this, but I want to learn more because it'd be, it'd be interesting to like, why do we do this this way? What is this reasoning behind this? And I just felt like that learning back knowledge of just like the ins and outs, the intricacies of your body, what you're really doing, the reasons behind some of our programming, how you're doing so much crossbody. why why is it important to have your feet planted why do we have our feet like why am I barefoot like just all of those things as you're like okay I'll just do it like I'm fine I am totally fine doing it but I don't really know why we do that was answered I, I felt like oh this is so smart and it made me even more obsessive <laughs> even more excited (laughs) about what i I think you have i
1: think you have a problem i think you have a problem
0: (laughs) Um, and it's the same problem i have
1: so we're a good company
0: um and i want to just interject one more thing i also found some really good friends within that within that like fld we or we had we had four five clients I think in that FLD or in that um, DBRT session, and I just fell in love with. We have this group of people already in lacrosse, and it's incredible. And I can talk to these people every day, and I know them. So we just kind of formed our own posse of people.
1: So it, it, to correct you, without including, <laughs> the, the, without including the FLD coaches, we actually had, I'm looking at this picture I have on my wall, we had seven FLD clients join in on
0: that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There was a I know, group of I, know us.
1: I know there's about five of you that have really had this like cohesion. Like you guys hang out and all that. We've joked about mm-hmm. getting all of you together at a Zoom call so we can have a meeting and we might just have to do this one by one. Um Well,
0: we're Corey's angels, just so you know.
1: So we have adopted that name then.
0: We have adopted that name. Okay,
1: good. Because I I was the one that came up with that name and <laughs> I thought it got rejected. So I'm glad to know. <laughs> That Corey's Angels is happening. It's, um, a, it's a go. <laughs> whether they know about it or not. Now it's And now once this gets out there, this is on the internet forever. So
0: yep. everyone know knows. That's going
1: to be the title. I, I don't know. I got to come up with a better title maybe. Because if somebody sees Corey's <laughs> Angels, they're like, I'm skipping that episode. I don't even know what that's about. But I'm <laughs> skipping it. Uh, so backtracking a couple things, because it is, you may have been my first like pregnant client officially, like. I don't consider my wife like a client. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the fact that you were, cause that's one of the things that the medical community will say is like, if you've been strength training, like you don't want to become pregnant and then start strength training.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's
1: necessarily a bad thing because we've actually had a client that she found out she's pregnant and her husband was already coming and he invited her to come too, and she was dealing with some back issues. Um, and this is like early pregnancy. And she was even before pregnancy because this was like her fourth, I believe child. Um, so but she was dealing with like low back issues before she was pregnant. And she just jumped right in and started working out. And, mm-hmm. you know, she, you signed the waiver. We're going to be smart about this. <laughs> and I do remember, though, I remember with Bear, your first uh, your first born son, we actually moved you from group to semi-private. Mm-hmm. Because yep. we wanted to, you know, it was like, well, let's, let's not get crazy. Let's just, you know, we'll give you more of a controlled not so you know erratic environment with timing and all this <laughs> like you got to be here and here yep. like we'll let you we'll let you move at your own pace mm-hmm. and um that worked out well we we're yep. able to kind of specialize a few more things and you know there's things even in group when you had adrian and you know you were mm-hmm. pregnant, pregnant <clears throat> with adrian and towards the end we still made those special modifications like are you yep. going to be lateral plank dragging no of course you're not going to be <laughs> But how great that we had that regression that you could just go to a bird mm-hmm. dog drink so you could still receive the benefits, but mm-hmm. not have the, the the strain and the pressure on the abdomen or anything like this. Lying yep. on your back, probably not a good idea for mm-hmm. a, a a woman who is seven, <laughs> eight months pregnant. Um, and I do remember, though, like, you know, when you had Bear there, it's like, my goodness, we've never had a pregnant person, a pregnant lady here, this line <laughs> down and all of a sudden like you'd walk in and people like hey what are you do?" and i'm like not today not today not here not on this training floor and then you'd you start like making i wouldn't say moaning sounds but you'd be making like you know more i would have to attribute it to now looking back uncomfortable pregnant woman sounds but i would just like what was that sound about you're like i'm okay i'm okay
2: i just
1: did not yeah i didn't i didn't want to have a baby delivered on my gym floor. Now that would have been a cool newspaper article. Maybe that would have given us some publicity. Mm-hmm. Just you know, I'd rather be <laughs> in a safe, safe place, and you know, whatever. um
0: Well, and so- I, I did, um, I did come in both times the day before I gave birth, and both my kids were five days late. So we really, we really jumped that clock, and you were like, "Please, please, not today." <laughs>
1: <laughs> how are you feeling I'm, I'm feeling okay all right i'm just you've got your plan i mean you kind of make me nervous when you're in your delivery bag but uh no i don't think i don't think you did that and if i do remember at least one maybe both of them you did come in on your due date your estimated yep. due date So man, i mean that's just a great example for you to show to everybody else like hey And, you know, this is a great selling piece of DVRT. So if Josh is listening, he can use this. Absolutely. I'll just receive a little bit of the payback. (laughs) But, you know, how we can make those smart decisions, how we can offer these solutions, no matter what walk of life you're in, no matter what season of life you're in. I mean, whether you're 20, Mm -hmm. 30, you know, as you talked about people up in their 60s and 70s plus, we can make this successful for people. And Mm -hmm. It was, that's just an amazing witness. And I definitely appreciate you taking the time. Now, I do want to ask you, because I don't know if you've ever listened to this podcast before, uh, but I do ask for anybody that's been on brand new, I do ask three questions. Okay. All right. First question. If you could plan your last meal on earth, what would it be?
0: (sighs) All right. It's a good, I do listen and I'm glad I forgot all three questions because I... Okay.
1: <laughs> I don't ask you that much. Um, I don't have a lot of new guests lately, so...
0: I know, I know. Um, let's see. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is actually, like, um, Love Child is a local restaurant that makes their own pasta. And they have a very spicy jalapeno spaghetti. And I... Oh, really? Love it. You should try okay. it if you haven't. Um, I love spicy food and I love homemade pasta. So, and I don't make that. So let's go with that.
1: Okay. I mean, that sounds reasonable. Yes. All right. So the <laughs> second question I have for you would be, so you're in the music industry. Um, if you could go back and you add clear blue sky, like anything you wanted to be, there's no stopping you. Anything outside of the fitness or the music industry, I should say. Where would you have gone with your professional life?
0: Um, and I shouldn't even say professional
1: life. Like where would where would life have taken you? Like what would you have done mm-hmm. if it wasn't for music?
0: Um, I remember telling my father in high school that I wanted to be an interior designer. Um, I love to decorate. I love to kind of like beautify things. I'm not an architect. I cannot draw, but I I love creating like design, um, designing um, like storefronts and such. I used to do that in high school. Um, I worked for some um, interior design type of stores. So I told my dad I wanted to do that and he told me it wasn't a career. So that's what I would try to do. (laughs)
1: I'm glad that your dad wasn't my dad when I said, hey, I want to be a personal trainer. (laughs) You're like, yep, you're not going to do that. Okay, well, I mean, so I think I I could see you doing that. I I think that would be a good fit for you. But, you know, thank you for blessing us with all your musical talent as well. All right, Mm -hmm. third, final question. One's a little bit, let's dare to say esoteric, is there are, I believe that, successful people there's two different camps of successful people what drives you to be successful and i'm going to i'm going to tell you what they are and i'm going to explain it a little bit so that you get an idea so there's the thrill of victory that this is like the eternal optimist always charging up the hill looking for that next win so just always celebrating those victories looking for more victories there it is the other one would be called the agony of defeat now meaning you know it's not like people hate winning and they love losing but this would be kind of like your Michael Jordan that no matter what success you had, it lasts for like a second. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: you're thinking about, you're kind of thinking about more what went wrong more than what went right. Mm-hmm. You know, how were you slighted, maybe a little bit? Like, so it's, it's more like you don't celebrate things. You're just like, all right, there it is. Now I'm, you know, I got to get ready for the next thing. So, in those two camps, the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat, as a successful person, where do you find yourself?
0: I'm the first one more. I celebrate things and I can let things go.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, sometimes before I ask the question, I kind of know what the person is going to say, but (laughs) it's just good that you say that. Um, And I can definitely tell when you're, you know, on the training floor, like you are, you are looking for those victories. I mean, you are excited when something new happens, you kind of unpack the next level of exercise. Or you learn, mm-hmm. you know, like, wow, okay, this is a little bit better for me. This is more efficient for me. And of course, when we upgrade you with some of these weights, you know, I mm-hmm. there's a certain <laughs> joy in your eyes when we give you something a little bit heavier that you advance to that next level. So congratulations. Mm-hmm. You have successfully answered all three questions. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. And I, again, thank you for uh, joining us on this podcast. I am excited yeah. to hear all the, the rare, roaring reviews, let's say. All the five stars. Like, well, that episode was the best.
0: All the things. <laughs> all the things.
1: So, um, yeah, we went awesome. even over time. Yeah, way to go. Thanks for talking with me. And yeah, it was fun. Anybody out there that does not know Olivia or has not been following her, you can see her on Instagram at Alathea's Journey. I think that's the right handle. Yep. Yep. And um, yeah. And maybe if you're a DVRT-savvy person, you might see her around at some of the next events. Who knows? Uh, but yep. what I got to say is, again, thank you so much. And for our listening audience out there, until the next time that we speak, Godspeed.